Blog Talk Radio. A pleasant good evening to all of you out in Radio Land and waiting to join the Voice of Barbados to bring you the cricket show by Mason and Guess. We hope you can be with us. That show usually starts around about 18 minutes past six. Until then, we will be bringing you an interview which was done by us some years ago. Um, rammed in. George Miller and the Mayor of the City of Lauderhill, Mayor Kaplan. So sit back and listen. It may bring some memories to you folks. We will be back. This is Leon Francis, Cricket Show. We're being joined by two specialists from Trinidad and Tobago. Firstly, let me just introduce the captain, Mr. Ramsey. Good evening. Good evening. Would you choose to say anything to your friends and well-wishers? And you had a good match last evening. Yeah, it was fantastic last night. Um, The way players went out there and expressed themselves. And that's the month. He had a great innings last night. Um, Young William Perkins, he batted well as well. Justin Gillen. We went out there, the bowlers. Did a great job for us by restricting the Jamaicans. By the way, we want to just take the opportunity to congratulate you on being a newlywed. Thank you very much. Hope, we hope that you know you have a good life and peace. Uh, what makes Trinidad special? They are the champions of the T20. Thank you. Where we go out and play fearless cricket, uh, we enjoy our, our game. Uh, we just express ourselves. We have guys who are stroke makers, natural ability. We back ourselves. And go there, display for our country, play for pride. It's awesome that you were able to come on with such a tremendous result last night. With those about four of your key players, you have no Ballard, you have no Bravo, you have no Narai, and even Kevin Cooper, you have none of those guys. Yeah, I think for the young players that we have, um, they really want success, and uh, you know, the players are missing is an opportunity for them to make the team rather than be on the sideline and looking out. So, yeah, they really take the opportunity with both hands and. Uh, so far. I want to know something, and a lot of friends ask me this from time to time. Why is it that Trinidad has to qualify to play in the Championship League? In spite of the fact they have been to the, the finals once, and they were right up there in the other two tournaments. Why do they have to qualify and other teams just pass right through to the main competition? Well, I guess so that's, the, the, that's how they set it up. Uh, you never know, we can go there and we need to qualify again, and hopefully we can go there and you know, beat some of the big teams in the tournament, upset them. And yeah, the young bunch of guys that we have, they are capable of doing the job. Um, the surface in South Africa is different, so we have to play a different ball game. Indeed. Uh, Eddie, you uh, a special um, commentator. Eddie, do you want to say anything to Darren? Well, certainly I would definitely... I'm happy that I get the opportunity to be in the same room, so to speak, with Mr. Dennis Ramden. And also let me congratulate you on your wedding Thank and you. I hope and pray that you will live together long for a long long time to come and also let me congratulate you on your century that you made in England not too very long ago and your performance here in the T20 tournament. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, we have been working really hard as a team just having some of the most experienced guys, 20, 20 and the young bunch of guys as I said 
you know, um, with the rest of the stadium players, we're trying to help them rally around each other. And the Florida trip has been great so far. Unfortunately, the weather, we didn't get to play tonight, but they will take back some memories from this. What was it like when you guys won the tournament, the 2020 tournament in the Caribbean at the Vivi Richards Stadium? What was the atmosphere like in Antigua back then? Yeah, it was um, fantastic. Um, you know, we are the defending champions. We went out there and we played Taylor's cricket. Um, type of players that we have. We enjoy our game. So each one of us back our ability and we went out there all the way and we won it again. Well, let me say last but not least, congratulations to win the Caribbean T20 tournament once again. And I know that you guys, when you go further abroad, that you guys will represent into the region well. Thank you very much. We have with us a former captain of the Trinidad and Tobago side. Now I call your name right, right? Mr. Darren Ganga. Darren Ganga. And we are very happy right. that you're able to join us. Any thoughts for you being playing here in uh, South Florida? Yeah, it's good to see um, you, know, you all have a wonderful facility here. Um, it provides a lot of hope, a lot of opportunity for young cricketers to hone their skills and mm-hmm. you know possibly get on to the U.S. team and, um, and make a difference in world cricket. So I think uh, the sport is growing in America. There's a huge Western diaspora here and probably India and Pakistani diaspora as well. So there's a lot of potential for the game here. Uh, hopefully facilities like, like this one here um, would evolve in the coming years and, and create you know, a more formal structure for cricket and cricketers in, in this part of the world. You are perhaps in the squad to go to the Championship League in South Africa. What are your feelings about the tournament, do you think? Well, it's, an, it's another opportunity for us as Trinidad and Tobago cricketers. Um, you know, we are represented not just Trinidad uh, and Tobago, but the West Indies. And, you know, every single time we've done so, you know, we try to to enhance our reputations as a team. Uh, we've, we've, we've grown, you know, from our very first outing in 2009 where we reached the final and then go on to win. Uh, we've grown, you know, from a, from a team that nobody knew anything about to a team that, you know, most people in the world could recognize the individual players. So we have accomplished uh, a great deal so far. Um, we see it as an opportunity, um, not just for, for, for our cricket, but for West Indian cricket. Uh, we're seeing a lot of our West Indian cricketers plying their trades in all different leagues in all different parts of the world. And, you know, Champions League cricket provides an opportunity for a player to be, you know, to be seen worldwide and, and to be uh, given the opportunity to play, you know, in other third-party competitions. The question that has come to me, and perhaps it is on the minds of many people, is Pollard, Narayan, and Bravo will be represented Trinidad and Tobago in the Championship League. Well, I really can't answer that. Um, the chairman of selectors is somewhere around. I think you know that is a question for him. But what I could say is, you know, these guys, I'm sure, you know, would relish the opportunity to play for Trinidad and Tobago. We have a a nice chemistry as players. Uh, we've grown over the years. We've played a lot of cricket together not just 2020 cricket, um, but they would have come through the ranks in our cricket structure at the under-15 level, the under-19 level, and eventually in the senior team level. So uh, these are guys who understand the sort of fun and enjoyment, you know, we have playing amongst each other. So 
um, whatever decision is taken, I'm sure it's going to be in the best interest of, of their cricket and Toronto Tobago's cricket. Darren, we have in the midst one of the most popular Trinidadians here in South Florida. I don't know if you would know. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike Andrews, you might want to have a few words that you want to well, Andrew, do you have a... Well, like I said, uh, I didn't get a chance to see West Indies when they were here with New Zealand. Uh, okay. That was wonderful cricket. Everyone that was here really had a good time. And I, I, I guess the thrill of having cricket here at that level had everyone excited about it. And... You know, everyone is looking forward to having more of that come back here in South Florida. I understand that they're planning next year. I'm not sure. I heard in the grapevine that to bring the Indian team here uh, to play West Indies, that's going to be a huge because of the many people of the Indian diaspora and, and who follow cricket. You know, that when, if the, the Indian team and West Indies come, there's going to be some exciting cricket. So, you know, it, it's great. I remember when they started talking about building the stadium. And when they started building the stadium, the talk with the city of Lauder Hill and, and the idea of bringing cricket and, and, and netball and all these other kind of you know, West, Indian, West Indian sports to an area that is heavily populated by West Indian, had everybody excited. So uh, the cricket day with New Zealand team in West Indies was a, was a great, great step forward. I understand that the West Indies sport of cricket uh, was, was very pleased with the, with the turnout and the outcome. And I hope that this can build here, as Darren said, you know, to, to, to bring people more towards qualifying for USA uh, cricket squad, yeah. who could go on and then challenge the traditional cricket powers, you know, the England and the Australians and West Indies and so on. So I, I think this is good for cricket in South Florida and for the USA. Mm -hmm. Darren, your final thoughts for your friends and well wishes. I know you have many around the world. Yeah, just um, you know, we, you know, as a West Indian people, we, we're not, you know, there um, in terms of where our standard of cricket uh, should be. You know, I consider you know Florida and, and Miami as part of the West Indies because of the amount of West Indians in in this part of of America. Uh, we all have a, a responsibility. I don't think it's only to the administrators of the game and, and, and just the players to, to lift our cricket out of the doldrums. I think, you know, opportunities like these, initiatives like, like these here in, uh, in Florida is only going to grow this sport in terms of the interest behind the game and, and learning the right sort of sponsors and, and people to support the game. Um, you know, all these things have a ripple effect on the sport of cricket. Um, you know, in the Caribbean, you know, you always hear, you know, about the challenge to get funding and financing to to have a, a four-day competition that is extended, you know, to have a proper 50-over competition that would allow for more cricket for cricketers. Uh, these are the sort of challenges that we face in, in the Caribbean, and, you know, this is something that is, is very real, you know, and it directly impacts on our cricket. So we all have to try and, 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 and build this sport. You know, we know the great legacy that West Indies cricket and, and the cricketers is you know, have left in the 70s and 80s, and we must build upon that. I don't think, you know, we have done justice to what they have accomplished, and, and this modern era of cricketers, you know, we have to try and, and turn that around, you know, change change the fortunes of West Indies cricket, and, and hopefully, you know, put West Indies cricket on the right track. Thank you so very much. I wish you well, and wish you a team well in South Africa. Thanks very much for having me. Okay, it was a pleasure. And we do have with us Thank you. Come on, Lambert. Am I correct in saying that, right? Jamaican captain, successful, I Jamaican captain, five years in a row as the regional four-day champ. How do you feel to be 
Hey, the chaps. It's a great feeling. Um, we have worked very hard over the years to accomplish what we have accomplished so far. Um, you know, we still still have a lot more to accomplish. Um, so, as I said, it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, we still have a very good team. I think um, most of us are close to Jersey now, are just Jersey, so we still have a few more years to go. And, you know, we continue to perform for our country, and for ourselves and for our family. And, you know, we just continue to put in the hard work. Every day that we come training, um, we see it as an opportunity to, to get better at our game and, you know, we reap the success that we deserve. Last night was not a very good night for your team. What went wrong? Well, as I can see, we have a lot of youngsters um, um, in our team at the moment. And, you know, there are some things that we're trying out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one competition has eluded us, and that is the 2020, I think. Mm-hmm. Trinidad have get the better of us in, in 2025 now, so now our preparation really starts there. As I said before, we have some youngsters in our team, and now yes, we want to win, but there are things that we're looking forward to, and it's a, it's a work in progress. Um, last night was a poor game, and and there are some improvements um, coming out of the game last night. Um, we hope that we could get another game in tonight, but you know, we can't do anything about the rain, so. You know, we go back home and then a, a week's time we'll back in Trinidad for us. I'm on our 2020 competition. We'll try and put a, a better team together and, and, and play a lot more good cricket over there. You think, on hindsight, do you think it was a mistake to send Russell up to number three? Well, as I said before, I don't think it's a mistake, but we, we, we're trying things. And this is the time that, you know, we need to try things. Um, we're closer we get to that competition in January then, you know. We'll have a better understanding. Um, players will know their role. So, you know, we sit down as a team and, and talk about it. We all want to go in the next three or four months. Um, so, it, as I said before, it's an opportunity to rest. It didn't come up last night, but you never know what um, tonight if we get in another game. So, so it's a step in the right direction. We have with us Mr. David Maitland, the scorer, and he wants to say a few words. Lambert, just a question here. Uh, I know, as I said, Trinidad has been getting the best of, of us in Jamaica, in particular, winning the four-day, the three-day, we have the under-19, we have the women, we have the under-15, and we can't, the 2020 seems to elude us. Mm-hmm. Is it there that maybe we need to develop a more 2020 cricket in Jamaica with like a Sabina, it probably would help us with our game? Yeah, that will definitely help um, if we could get like a Sabina. Um, at the moment we don't have any light, so now we have to find ways and means to, to, to go forward in this world. Um, Trinidad have played a lot of tournaments on the cricket, as you can see. I don't think it's, this is um, their best team. There's no Niran, Pollard and, and Bravo. But, you know, so we try to close the gap and try to close the gap as, as quickly as possible. And I think we are in the right direction, going in the right direction, as I said before, I think. Last night was one of our better games against Trinidad and Tobago. Um, I think most of the time when we play them, they, they all played us. But although they scored two hundred and one last night, there are certain points in the game we were right there. I think we were ninety out of eleven over, you know. And and then, you know, when I look back at it, then probably if we did have Andre Russell down there, then you know, ninety out of ten overs would be a uh, game on. But we lost Andre earlier. As I said before, it's a work in progress, and you know, we try to um, 
eliminate the bad decision that we make at certain points in the game. As I said before, and as I said before, I think we are on the right track, and now hopefully we can put in a lot of hard work the next couple of months. And now when the com- 2020 competition comes around in January, then you now we have a, we're definitely in a better frame of mind and person will understand their work uh, more clearly. Thank you. With us, we have the Mayor of Mother Hill, Nick Kaplan. Yes, Hello, welcome. welcome to the Cricket Show. It's live on the internet. Yes. And um, we're happy to have you with us. What is your special word for the listening audience? Well, we are really thrilled that uh, Jamaica and Trinidad could come here and play uh, some cricket. Unfortunate that we had some rain tonight. There was a early uh, game earlier today between two other teams that I understand was able to be played. And I know they were able to play last night, but uh, and I know the people were disappointed they could not watch the game tonight because of the rain. It did stop, but it's still wet out there. But at least the other side of cricket was uh, happened, which was very healthy, which was the social side of it. So there was a lot of good parties going on around here, and everyone seemed to enjoy that. So the fans still had some something from the event from tonight. I tell you, you have gotten quite a bit of kudos for your part in bringing this facility here to South Florida and I, on behalf of the Cricket Show I want to commend you for the tremendous job that you have done to bring this facility. We are able to see um, world class cricket in a world class facility. How did you make it to your uh, constituents? Well, there was a lot of people involved with it and uh, the community got together, there was a bond issue within the county, there was an agreement to create a regional park and the uh, the county did ask uh, the people uh, within the area what they wanted to see here and we very much uh, pushed for the creation of cricket to have uh, this facility built here. Uh, we were trying to uh, qualify or be selected for the uh, 2000 World Cup that was in the Caribbean. Uh, we were unsuccessful with that but the stadium was a success in that it's been built here and it's, uh, we've had some great games. We just had recently the West Indies versus New Zealand. And uh, a couple of years, not too long ago back, we also had New Zealand versus Sri Lanka. There's some talk about uh, future games. The India comes up. I've been hearing about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're uh, hoping for a lot of really good play, both uh, on the international grounds, uh, international area, and in our local Caribbean. And uh, we like to see the uh, games come up here as much as possible because you know, when the teams come here, then they're reaching out to uh, people of their own countries that have come to the United States and they can't necessarily see uh, their sport or national sport very easily. So this gives them opportunity. And, increases the fan base so that a lot more people are able to follow their teams. It is really healthy for the uh, for the sport of cricket. Um, there was one question I haven't been able to ask. Education, sport, and culture, and by the way, Paul is also a big name in cricket. Good evening to you, sir. How are you, my friend? I am good, thank you. Pleasure to be on with you. Um, uh, big news, big things happening here in St. Kitts and Nevis. Obviously, other than having, uh, other than the, the ability to offer their own cheaper in Barbados, we're also <laughs> able to offer some good cricket. Indeed. All right. Now, first of all, my, my first question to you, Dr. Andrew Ford is, of course, with us as well. What would have influenced St. Kitts to have gotten involved in this venture? 
well, the CCL has become something very near and dear to our team, thank you to Nevis. Um, even before we had our own franchise team, the St. Stephen's Patriots, we have identified the fact that we have been blessed and able to manage the COVID-19 situation very well here. And uh, bearing in mind the substantial uh, economic benefits that would flow from being able to host the entire CPL here in St. Kitts and Nevis, particularly at a point where things are very strong because of the pandemic. We thought it to, to be a very um, prudent uh, move to, to try and get the, the games here, and uh, we've been successful. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And what kind of benefits do you think this could bring to St. Kitts? Well, our tourism sector has taken a very hard you know, hit, like everywhere else in the region. And so to be able to, to get... Uh, I think the, the calculation is over a thousand room nights here um, at a point in time where we, those, those rooms would not necessarily be filled is a good thing. To be able to have the entire city cohort here for some six weeks, um, we are looking at the, the hotel rooms, the added staff that would need to be um, hired in, in order to take care of the capacity, the spillover effect in terms of restaurants and entertainment, the simple things such as catering, transportation, all of these things are opportunities for ordinary people in St. Kitts and Nevis to be able to get jobs at a difficult time. Mm-hmm. All right, Dr. Andrew Ford um, is with us. Good evening to you, Doctor. We've also been joined by Sir Raganath, of course, a former West Indies cricketer. And uh, uh, in fact, uh, he, it is interesting that he's going to be with us this season because, of course, um, Trinidad the Bago hosted the last uh, three finals, and we're going to get a, a reaction from them as well. But let me say hello to my co-host, Dr. Ford. How are you, Dr. Ford? Are you on your way to St. Kitts? Uh, yeah, tempting, tempting. Uh, good night to Minister Powell and to you, Andrew, and to Serge. Um, Minister Powell, you mentioned how well you handle COVID-19 in your country. Give us the an overview of what the present situation is as it relates to COVID-19 in St. Kitts. At present, we would have had a total of 44 positive cases. If my math serves me right, I don't think we have any. Uh, at this point in time, there have been no deaths, and all 44 cases have been mild. So we really have been able to, to, to fear that, that pandemic quite well. Mm-hmm. Are there any stipulations that you have in place for the for these individuals who will be taking up the thousand room nights in your country uh, during the CPL? Will there be you will we be having a quarantine? Will we be requiring uh, passports uh, for uh, COVID vaccines? Uh, what what are you? How will you be navigating the the entry of of everyone there? Well, all persons probably will be subject to our typical um, protocols. So quarantine will be required. Um, bearing in mind that we are at the moment reviewing our, our protocols, even outside of CPL, as first the more and more persons become vaccinated. Um, whatever the, the national uh, protocol is, that will apply to the CPL. So persons will be required to take well, to present negative RT-PCR tests uh, three days before uh, travel to St. Kitts and Nevis. 
required to quarantine. And uh, we are looking at options in terms of uh, the, the necessary passports as it relates to COVID uh, between now and then. How many, how many rounds and how many uh, hotels do you think you estimate you'll be utilizing during the tournament? All of the matches are expected to be played at Warner Park Stadium. And then we have we have the benefit of six other um, world-class grounds around the island, which will be utilized for practice matches and for, for training. So that is, those are, uh, uh, that is the plan in terms of the, the actual play. In terms of hotels, uh, the, the think it's Marriott is the traditional hotel that is used um, by CPL, but I suspect that one or two other smaller hotels will be able to get some uh, attention as well. Okay, well, we, we know about the spin-off that you mentioned uh, economically, and, and I'm sure I'm, I'm happy for you there. Are there any, um, was there any cost to think this to acquire the tournament? I mean, what, what, uh, without giving a number, did you have to put some revenue in in order to, to justify being selected? Well, it all would have fallen in, in, in tandem with our extension of the existing hosting agreement. So our five-year hosting agreement would have come to an end in 2020. And so we would have renegotiated that for an additional five years. And so all of that was considered within the negotiations and we've been able to uh, work with CPL to offset a lot of costs that would normally um, arise. Okay, we like got... what? <laughs> like what? Costs in terms of uh, stadium uh, agreements and rentals in particular. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Andrew. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm sure we're going to come back uh, to, to John Earl in relation to that. Sure, Raghunath, uh, he's joined us because cost is a big thing, you know, and I know that there are some countries that are not keen um, because of, 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 of the dollars that they've got to pitch out. So that, of course, is, I think, a very good question you asked the doctor for. Um, sure, Raghunath, uh, you're with us. Uh, I mean, Trinidad and Tobago, I suppose, in many ways, the home of CPL. Are you surprised that it's going to syndicate? Sir? Good evening to you, Mr. Raghunath. Good evening, Andrew. It's been a while, and um, all the best to everyone in Barbados. I know it's a tough time as well, not just for everyone in the Caribbean, also with um, Barbados having to deal with the ash from the volcanic eruption as well. So, you know, my sympathies to all Bajans. Yeah, it's good to be on the show once again. And um, could you repeat the question now, please? (laughs) Before I'm surprised, sorry. Before I'm surprised that it's going to send kids. not particularly. Um, the, the thing is that the uh, government of Trinidad and Tobago has invested heavily over the years in CPL. And um, mind you, I don't think it has benefited us economically, as has been postulated by all those different reports that have been generated. And I find the question by Dr. Ford to be very interesting, that last question he asked. Because um, from, from my experience being CEO of the Trinidad and Tobago Cricket Board, being involved in CPL, um, it's interesting to know exactly, um, you know, what was the outlay uh, or the financial output from, from Senkits, um in relation to what they put out um, compared to what they're going to get back. But what I can say, however, is that there would be some stimulation in the economy. Um, 
And I think uh, one, one of the things that really um, impacted positively in Trinidad and Tobago was um, last year when we hosted the CPL, it was an excellent distraction for the people. I think it was worth it in that regard. And um, whilst economically it may not have um, generated the kind of uh, ex um, revenue we would have wanted, the fact is that uh, we needed something at that point in time. We were going through a very difficult period in the country and across the region. It was an excellent distraction, but I don't know if it is um, worth the, the kind of monies that governments have to put out the host. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, do you have an idea, though, in terms of the costs uh, uh, that countries will have to... Uh, to, to, I mean, to um, when you look at it, and, and I, I know that um, there are some countries that have um, expressed some concern about the cost, you are intimately involved, um, but, but you were. I had the CEO. Could you explain to us some of the costs? I know that our government would have spent um, something like $5 million hosting for one year. $5 million. Right? And then in addition to that, in addition to that, um, you know, there would have been other uh, waivers uh, that would have had to, to be given to host the tournament. And um, the thing is, hosting in a pandemic, travel is not allowed. And um, that in itself is going to uh, reduce um, the, uh, the measure of return that one will get on an investment like this. But, um, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be negative towards the St. Kitts um, government. I think that um, they know what they are doing, their experience, uh, and um, they, they, I'm sure, would be using it in some way to try and promote the country. Um, it's a risky investment because we don't know when travel will be allowed again. And um, the fact that they have uh, handled the COVID situation exceptionally well is a positive. But uh, what to weigh that is against um, economic opportunities. But again, that is for the government of St. Kitts and Nevis to decide. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Paul, any reaction to anything that Mr. Raghunath said? Well, all it says, every, every jurisdiction would, would be different. Um, I don't think we can use the same me measurements for, for all jurisdictions. We have obviously looked at any associated cost and are confident that anything that we have had to outlay, we certainly expect to be able to get back, um, whether directly or indirectly. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the type of, of spin-off that we've seen coming back to the people, the, the, the service providers, for example, over the, the past years when we've only had four matches, we, we, we can multiply that significantly and, and, and calculate what we think we can earn at this point in time. Um, as I indicated, our tourism product has taken a hit like everybody else. Um, we generally do not have any tourists coming in now. So to be able to generate this, this activity, it's, it, it, it's significant. Mm -hmm. no. uh, I... I... I'd like to go to Serge first and then come back to Minister Powell. Uh, Serge, um, you did mention, yes, it's, it's an investment, and you do get uh, receivables after that. You mentioned the lack of travel, which I guess equates to less bottoms in seats and, and maybe ticketing revenue. Can you tell me from the Trinidad experience, what are some of the areas that fell short of what the projections were that would have had big, a big influence on on uh, not receiving the type of revenue that you would have envisaged? Um, would have suffered in terms of um, funding and sponsorship, simply because that is absorbed into CPL, given the um, 
the kind of uh, marketing oomph that CPL has via television and, and um, the exposure that it provides. So local cricket in itself would have lost to that. Uh, the other thing is that um, in this kind of situation with um, the pandemic being what it is, the amount of service providers are going to be very, very limited because you have to be very careful to ensure safety protocols are observed across the board. The fact that, um, you know, uh, things like uh, transport and, and what have you, all of those things were, were part of um, government as well in Trinidad and Tobago. So I don't know what the arrangement would be in, in kids if they are going to, uh, you know, some private contractor will benefit or if that's part of um, the, the government's um, undertaking to, to provide some of those um, you know, concessions as well, in addition to the monies that they may be putting out. Um, so I think the 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 the, uh, the fact that you know, and the point was raised by the minister that um, each country has its you know its own peculiarities in terms of dealing with these things. So I'm not sure what it will do for them, but in terms of Trinidad and Tobago, um, we, we we just didn't see the kind of um, tourists come into the country, and this is um, pre-COVID, right? Um, that, that, you know, you one would have expected with the CPL. Uh, and um, whilst there would have been some stimulation of the economy, the whole thing about the exposure of Trinidad and Tobago and benefiting from international exposure and tourism as a result, that is just a nice argument on paper. That is not realized. And I think if you look at hosting in sports over, um, across the globe, in all different sporting um, tournaments, events, right, there may be a handful in the last, 78 years that has um, provided a, a, a profit to the host country. Uh, Minister Powell, you would have uh, reflected on some of the revenue from past CPL matches and you would have suggested that there is some sort of mathematical and multiplication effect by having uh, 36 matches now compared to the, the five matches or so you would have had before. Um, considering that is COVID-19 pandemic and there's testing and lots of other things that increase the cost of, of transport, uh, housing, and all those other things. I, I'd like you to tell us uh, what reduction do you expect in revenue per match? That's number one, just a rough estimate. And number two, um, who is going to be responsible for the constant testing of the players and Picking up that extra cost of, of having this bubble and and all the other costs related to making the environment secure. Well, um, like I said before, every every jurisdiction and every year has presented different scenarios. Uh, what we are attempting to do is very different to what would have happened in Trinidad and Tobago in relation to all the service providers, whether it be caterers, whether it be um, transportation providers. Those are all private providers. And so the, the government doesn't get into that. That is what we mean by economic spin-off. We are creating as many opportunities for private individuals as possible in terms of testing and, and, and all of that. That is not for the, for the government to, to spend on. And that is understood. We are going to be maintaining, maintaining a bubble. Um, we are going to be allowing, based on, on current our current situation that it holds, 50% uh, capacity in terms of um, patrons coming into the venue. All patrons, all persons operating within the venue will be required to be vaccinated. And so um, we are trying to 
to, to deal with a lot of those things up front. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to cost to the government, obviously. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just getting back to the question I asked, which was um, you have 50% capacity in the ground. You have expenses which are now present and weren't there pre-COVID. So I'm asking you... Well, that's what I'm saying. I have additional expenses. So I'm asking you, have you made a, an estimation of the revenue per match in COVID versus when there wasn't COVID? Because I, I expect that the revenue will be down. Uh, so do you know what that reduction will be? I am I'm, I'm not in a position to give a, an exact number, no. But you'd appreciate that 50% of 33 or even 20% of 33 is more than what we would have normally um, achieved eight five matches. There, there significantly more potential in terms of revenue. Um, these matches were initially negotiated on the basis that we would not be able to have uh, spectators. Because we've been able to maintain our COVID status, the government has made a decision, not just in relation to CPL and cricket, but in relation to all sports across the board. And so this is now something additional that we can look forward to. It may not be astronomical, but it is something that was not initially contemplated. In addition, if you're going to have spectators, you're talking about vendors and, and a, a number of other services which persons are going to um, be required to pay for. And so we are pretty confident that what we can do over the course of four weeks of games would um, be more than what, what we would have done over five matches over one week. Yeah, it should be because there are 30-odd matches compared to five. But the next, the last question before Andrew comes back is, um, will will your citizens be able to see the matches for free or will it be pay-per-view? What, what uh, negotiations have, what, what, what arrangements have been made there? Um, those, those details have to be further looked at. As I said, we anticipated when we negotiated, it was on the basis that patrons would not be allowed to go. And so, uh, normally, well, what we anticipated was that the patrons would be able to look at, at the matches on TV live. Um, because of the limited capacity, we expect that that will still hold. Stay with us, um, um, Mr. Paul. Uh, stay with us, Sharish, because we, we obviously want to talk to you about the way forward as well, Mr. Raghunath. Um, but we've got to pay some bills here, so let's pause for business costs. Mason and Guest is brought to an association with our very good friends at Barbados Dottery, promoting youth sport and culture. Yes, uh, we are listening to the Mason and Guest out of Barbados. And this is the cricket show, and we are happy to bring this as a compliment. Compliments of me, Andrew Mason. And we hope that you're enjoying it and um, commercial free, we have to do based on our contractual agreement with Blog Talk Radio. So we are just going to be abiding by that and I hope that you can join us each and every Sunday when you have pure cricket talk from 6 until 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This coming week, we're hoping to hear from the President of Western's Cricket Board, Mr. Ricky Scarry. So tune in around about 7 o'clock on Sunday evening when you're here. 
the president of Western's Cricket Board, Ricky Skerritt. I trust that you have the time to be with us. Just going to wait to hear you. Go back to Mr. Mason. Finals or anything. It is an extension of, of the five-year arrangement that we would have had previously. Oh, I see. Fair enough. So, sure, you're saying that there's a huge uh, cost in this you've been involved. Trinidad hosted it, um, you know, in terms of the finals. I mean, you've had so many games for quite a long time. But um, are you suggesting this because it's not worth it? Is that what you're saying, Sunil? Yes, I, I, I honestly don't think it's worth it economically. Um, the necessary sort of uh, projections that have been put forward as to the economic benefits, um, I don't think they have been derived by by countries that are hosting so i i just think that the the model of hosting um and not just ppl but of hosting international events has not been one that has worked for whose countries and like i've said before if one is to check um historically how many events that were hosted that that um had a positive economic return for the host you will find that there were mm-hmm. i see well, um, Janelle, of, of course, you would have uh, made a note of that, but I would imagine in your calculations, um, you're saying, well, what Mr. Raganath is saying may not hold true for some kids. Well, um, he's figuring out Trinidad and Tobago. I'm speaking on behalf of Think It's a Needless, and we think that is something that's worth it. Um, you know, we have people who've not been working for over a year because of COVID. Mm. This is an opportunity to, to give them some retrieve to get some some activity going, and um, we are going to do that. It, it, the, the games fall over, spreading over two months leading up to um, mm-hmm. our October 1st um, season opening, so to speak, when we anticipate a significant bump in terms of our tourism product. Um, and so this is a preclude to, to, to that. It allows for um, persons working in the hotel sector to be employed an extra two months in advance. It allows for us to really test our protocols further and to ensure that we are ready for the anticipated bump was already scheduled for October. Gentlemen, mm-hmm. stay with us. Um, um, what about the sorry? Yeah. What about the capacity for doing tests? I mean, you have quite a large number of people. Uh, how many tests can you guys do in a day? And what's your turnover time you'd expect? We have more than enough capacity to do testing. Um, testing is you, you receive your, your test results same day. We have PCR or, or, or rapid? Pardon me? PCR or, or rapid testing? TCR. TCR. We don't rely on rapid testing. TCR. Mm-hmm. We have, if memory is right, four um, laboratories providing testing services on St. Kitts and another one or neither. And so the numbers are, are not um, anywhere close to being able to frustrate us in that respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Suraj, do you have any outstanding uh, receivables as it relates to um, previously hosting the, the CPM that you're aware of? No, I, I, I cannot say. I mean, I've been out of the loop for, for the last three years since I've been out of cricket, so I, I wouldn't be able to see. But I'd just like to add, though, that um, it's in terms of government,
it's not just only an economic decision. There's a social good as well that has to be done, and that's the responsibility of a government. And I think from that aspect, um, that's a huge, um, I guess that might be a huge reason, a huge positive for, for the country also wanting to, to host the CPL at this time. So, you know, um, I, I just want to wish um, St. Kitts Nevis all the best in terms of its hosting and, and that, you know, it continues to generate the kind of expected benefits that they um, hope it will, because uh, um, it, it, it would be nice if it does. Minister Powell, what percentage of the St. Kitts population do you think is presently fully vaccinated or, or have their first shot? Um, right now, I think we are just about, uh, if I don't give the exact thing, I think we're just about 5% vaccinated at this point in time. Mm -hmm. um, we continue the efforts. Uh, people continue to go, not as fast as we would like them to be, uh, but they're going out nonetheless and being vaccinated. And so we're hoping that they offering uh, some sort of incentive or reward, such as to be able to, to attend sporting events. Um, this will encourage persons to go out and, and, and get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. um, um, stay with us, Cherise, stay with us, because obviously um, you are here to look at the way forward, but of course the, the news broke in relation to CPL. You can call us at 4241790. I would imagine that uh, uh, folks would want to um, re react to what um, you said, uh, Minister Paul, and of course, Mr. Raghunath. We just want to break away just for a couple of minutes because Courtney Andrew Walsh, the Ambassador Walsh, is on the line. He's a very busy man, and uh, he um, is, uh, I think he's got a, a Zoom meeting around 7 o'clock, so we're not going to keep him too much longer. Um, Ambassador Walsh, where are you? Are you in Jamaica or are you in Antigua? I'm in Antigua, sir, and Mason, because that's where the camp will be. Right, okay. So talk to us about those, those plans for the women. Well, as you know, the women have appeared in the competitive cricket since last year in England. We were at camp earlier this year, um, January, February time, end of the end of February, where it was an assessment camp where I had a look at the ladies. And we have got the camp, the blessing of the government of Antigua, with its chief medical officer. Um, and cricket was in this. We managed to get the camp going again, being approved. So we're all excited to get that going to get the ladies out where I can actually see them working. Camp is going to be coming into Antigua this weekend. Okay. Um, any any great difficulty in getting the, the group together, um, Ambassador Walsh? No, the ladies are eager to come in. Um, it was just the protocols with COVID that we have to be following. Unfortunately, mm. we haven't got any international games confirmed as yet, but we're working on that. But the girls are eager to come into camp to train to start up improve on what we did the last time. The coaches are excited, and I think we're all excited and eager. Mm. Looking forward to this camp. So I'm really, really pleased that we're able to pull it off. As we speak, we're confirming flights. So mm. I'm hoping that everyone's flights can be confirmed, and they'll be in by Sunday, Monday, the latest. Mm -hmm. But it's all looking good at the moment. Indeed. And, 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 and maybe what we can do, uh, Mr. Paul, is, is to come to you and answer Shura Dragunath. Um, we we're going to get back to the CPL thing. I know, Mr. Paul, you're a very busy man. Um, is women uh, cricket in St. Kitts and Nevis very much alive and well in your country, Mr. Paul? Women's cricket? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's making a, a comeback. Um, there have been significant, um, there's a significant work done in relation to women and 
grassroots. We've had commitments from Cricket West Indies in, in both regards. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're looking to see how we can develop that further. Mm -hmm. And uh, Suraj, um, is it big, big, big in, in Trinidad in the Bago women's cricket? Some people say things are not happening. Well, that, that's, that's true, and uh, partly because of um, the situation with the pandemic. Uh, but uh, a lot has to be done in order to stimulate um, sports on the island, not just cricket, but all sports. But given the challenges that we are having with the restrictions right now, I think that is sports on the, on the whole is really on the back burner mm -hmm. because there are more pressing issues. Mm -hmm. I see. Um, um, Ambassador Walsh, and any plans to increase the, the pool of players you have? Well, we were able to get 30 players for this camp. Last camp we had 24, so we have, we have started to improve by six. Um, there's some youngsters out there I wanted to look at, and some other people were close from the last camp. And because we haven't had any cricket, mm. competitive cricket or regional cricket, and it's important to try to widen the pool. So we've got six additional players coming into this camp that would have been seen for the first time. So I'm really excited about that. And the, the good news is that there's a couple of young ones who are 17, 18, you know, 16, 17, which we want to have a look at early so we can start a plan for them as well. I see. And how has it gone for you in terms of your tenures as a coach? How well, you find you? It's just that we haven't had the cricket to be played. Um, we haven't had any, any, anything competitive. And with the pandemic, I mean, you know, the appointment came during the pandemic, so we haven't been able to do anything officially international-wise. But as I said earlier at the beginning of the program, we're optimistic that we can get a tour or two in. And then the main thing we're focusing on now is the World Cup qualifiers to you know, make entry that we qualify and then go to the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Stay with us, uh, Ambassador Walsh. Um, um, Mr. Paul, you, can you stay with us a little longer? You gotta, um, I, I know you're a very busy man, but can you stay with us a little bit longer? Is that possible? Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I will have to take my leave. I do have another engagement, but I do find the conversation to be very interesting. <laughs> All right. Um, Dr. Ford, any, any final questions or so um, for, for Mr. Paul? No, I'd just like to wish uh, Minister Paul good luck with, with the endeavor and, and all success. And uh, maybe at a later date, we can crunch those numbers that I alluded to mm -hmm. uh, in our discourse. And of course, of, of course, of course, it would be remiss of me. I mean, the current president of Cricket West Indies is from St. Kitts. We're talking with Ricky Skerritt. What does it mean to the people of St. Kitts and Nevis to have Ricky Skerritt as president of Cricket West Indies? Well, I think it's a good thing, you know. Um, it's always good when you have uh, somebody local representing um, not just think it's but the, the, the wider region at, mm -hmm. at that level. And so we throw full support behind him. And, um, you know, it's we, we look forward to seeing great things coming out of cricket. Uh, we all know it's a difficult time. You'd have heard from Ambassador Walls, you know, of some of the difficulties that, that they're, they're facing. Um, it's a difficult time for anybody to leave, but we, we stand behind him and we, we give him all of our, all our support. Well, well, we want to thank you very much indeed uh, for being very much uh, with us and enjoy the rest of the evening, uh, Minister Paul. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank all you. Right. Have a good evening. Okay. 44 you can certainly give us a call and participate in the program. 
Um, of course, we want to turn our attention to the way forward for, for, for cricket. And I'm sure you've got your, your views as to um, what you feel should be done in relation to the whole question of getting West Indies cricket up and running. We've got Ambassador Walsh with us. He's not only be talking, of course, women's cricket, but we want to engage him as to the way forward as well. George Raganoff, a very busy man. Mr. Raganoff, we got a, well, a, 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 a new term for Ricky Scare. Of course, he was there for two years, and then he was reelected on a pause. Uh, first of all, were you surprised and um, looking forward to another two years of Mrs. Scare, Mr. Raganoff? No, I can't say that I was surprised, um, and I'm happy to see that there is some continuity. I honestly think that uh, difficult, as uh, Minister Powell said, to lead any organization, especially one that is regional at this point in time. And, um, you know, half of his uh, first term was during the pandemic, and uh, it's deserving for the administration to have been given another opportunity to prove itself. And, um, you know, I, I, I just think that it's... Um, important for West Indies cricket that all the territorial boards uh, throw their support behind Cricket West Indies mm -hmm. and that they work together to take West Indies cricket forward because this is a time where we could do without the infighting in West Indies cricket. So one of the main things in going forward is that there has to be regional unity. The administration across the region needs to be on the same wavelength, on the same page. It doesn't mean that they have to agree on everything. But um, the divisiveness that currently exists with, within the various territorial boards and then within the West Indies in itself, um, West Indies, cricket, cricket West Indies in itself, does not work out well for us. And uh, I think what is important is that there has to be one vision for West Indies cricket and the support of every territorial board in that vision attainment is of critical importance to taking West Indies cricket forward. Mm -hmm. And just before you go, we know you've got another five or so, two or three minutes left, left on the show. Dr. Ford, any final question for your good friend, Mr. Raganoff? Uh, sir, uh, what are the most important things you think Cricket West Indies really work on in, over the next month? I mean, COVID aside, where, where do the deficiencies lie? I think um, leadership it is critical to the success of any organization. And uh, there has to be clearly articulated objectives over the next two years. And not just for the next two years, but broken down um, with what, what to, to shorter periods. One of the things that we've learned in this pandemic is that um, short term might be the new long term. In that I mean, you know, planning beyond uh, three to six months might be hazardous. So I think that uh, they need to you know, have a long-term plan, but break that down into um, smaller uh, pieces so that they focus on those and um, try. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges that uh, Ricky Scarrett will face is to ensure that he has a unified um, board. And that in itself for me is very critical. So the leadership um, within the, 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 the Cricket West Indies is of critical importance. And then getting the buy-in from the territorial board in terms of the preparation of players is another important factor. You look at um, recently, the West Indies uh, team uh, being selected and there were issues with players and their fitness. Um, it's, it's, you know, as a result of the pandemic, people have become less um, at, uh, athletically inclined. Even top athletes have, have put on weight. You look at some of the guys on the field and you realize that um, they've gotten a little bit um, pudgy, uh, so to speak. And um, that 
that's an area that they need to continue to ensure that players um, meet minimum fitness levels and, as well and um, remain as sharp as possible given the limited opportunities that they may have. So those are two critical areas uh, as far as I'm concerned. And if it is that we have our leadership sorted out and uh, have a united board, I think uh, we might be able to um, have better um, players or players better prepared and being able to give their best. Those two things, um, I think, would help tremendously in terms of uh, attracting the right people, sponsors, and, 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 and others with the necessary resources to get on board to help take West Indies cricket forward. Final question to uh, Mr. Ragana. Final, final question. Stay with us, neighbor. Perry from Jamaica has, has joined us, and we've got Courtney Andrew Walsh with us as well. I just want to turn to the T20. A lot of discussion. Would you take, if you were a selector... Dwayne Bravo, Sunil, Sunil Narine, and Christopher Gale. That is a, a discussion I think one has to look at in relation to all who is available and, and the quality of players. I, I don't think that Sunil Narine is interested in going to the World Cup, to be honest, given the challenges he has had. Mm. Um, Dwayne Bravo uh, is showing that he's still capable. And, um, you know, Chris Gale for me is a big question mark. Uh, for the first time, however... I've seen Chris Gale actually dive around twice in a match, um, the last game they played. Uh, he looks a little bit fitter, but at the same time, um, I, I am not inclined to take in Chris Gale to a World Cup at this stage. Of the three that you have mentioned, I would love to have um, Sunil Narayan on my side, but uh, I just think that um, psychologically, Sunil is not half the player he used to be. And um, so therefore, Bravo is the only one I would really give serious consideration to. All right. Well, thanks, uh... So is not enough. I'm sure that will make some news uh, in uh, the morning that uh, uh, the former West Indies cricket is saying he wouldn't take Christopher Henry Gale uh, to the World Cup. I'm sure that's going to make some news tomorrow. I want to thank you for coming through and talking to us. And yes. Before I go, I just want to say, yes, I want to say a big shout out to Nehemiah Perry as well. And yes. All the best, buddy, as he leads the women team forward. Um, yes, gentlemen, all okay. the best. All the best. And and well, all right. And and what and what a way now to, to introduce Neymar Perry from Jamaica, the land of wood and water. Always good to have that connection. Mr. Perry, are you with us? With you. I'm with you, Andrew. Wonderful. You. And your very good friend is with us as well. We're talking, of course, uh, Courtney Andrew Walt from Jamaica. The Jamaican connection is very much in the house. But before we do that, we don't have any ackee and salt here or even apple. So all we're going to do is to say Mason and Guesses brought to an association with our very good friends at Bobby Starfleet for more new sport and culture. Yes, you are tuned to the cricket show, and we are bringing Mason and guests. Compliments of Mason, and um, we are pleased to bring you this show for the past two years. And we invite you to be with us each and every Sunday when we have Cricket Talk. It's what we do each and every Sunday from 6 until 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We have been doing so for the past 10 years or so. Let's go back to Mason and Guess. Ball so beautifully. Ball. It always be caught holding it slip off. Um, near my Perry. I know <laughs> Philo Wallace has had some tremendous battles with you yesterday by the far. And it's always good to have you on the show. How are you doing, Nehemiah? 
I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good, Andrew. I'm doing good. Right. And of course, you're staying safe. I'm staying fit, trying to. I'm safe. Indeed. All right. So, so COVID, it's a big thing there in Jamaica. Say that again, Andrew. I didn't no, get you. No, I'm, I'm saying COVID is a big thing there in Jamaica, so it's yeah, important to yeah, stay yeah, safe. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. It is, it is very rampant, and um, there's some measures put in place, some shops closed down on weekends and so on. And it has, you know, we have seen some fruits. Um, so hopefully persons are, you know, adhere to the to the, the, the protocol and um, trying to get these numbers down, these numbers down. Indeed. All right. Now, now, now let's, let, let's go back to, to Ambassador Walsh. Uh, Courtney, women's cricket. I mean, you know, so far behind men's cricket. What do you want? What was your vision? What do you want to see? I mean, obviously you've got your uh, your players together. You've got some pretty good players in there as well. DeAndre Dotton from Barbados, the wonderful player. Captain Stephanie Taylor. You know, I mean Haley Matthews. I mean these are fine players. And you know, once you get them together in that practice session, and then you get the best of them, you expect going forward to us for the West Indies uh, women's cricket to be once again on top of the world. Yeah, I mean, that's the aim and the plan. It's not going to happen overnight. Um, as you know, if you go by the rankings, there are seven, six, seven at the moment in both T20s and ODIs. So we need to get up the ladder for that. Um, what I want is for the girls is a lot more consistency. Uh, you know, we have a good game here and a good game there, but I want us to be a lot more consistent. So um, the last camp, it was more of an assessment. This camp will be focusing on consistency and game awareness. So the speaker is not just an arbitrary camp, you just turn up to an expect to just go through. Mm-hmm. So they'll be tested on consistency, game awareness, and improvements and stuff. Um, what, what I really want is for us to play a lot more skill as well internationally so we can start to use that as a yard to start them to do improvement. Doc, any questions for Courtney? Uh, Courtney, I know that it's not directly going to affect you, but uh, the the specter of cricket being involved in the Commonwealth Games, do you think we can benefit from that? Uh, Of course, we expect that there will be some sort of tournament to determine who will be represented from the region, but do you see that helping uh, with cricket in any way? Yes, any cricket right now for the women is going to help. Um, the game is a big thing, and it would be great to have that as part of it, where the girls go and compete in territory that's not in the region. Unfortunately, we can't represent the region as, as, as the Western is seen, um, which is a pity, but that would be nice, but we have to stick with the rules. Uh, so I think once the girls have a chance to go down, they are happy. And who knows, we could see some new talent and why the pool base on that as well. So right now, I just want to get them out playing, get them playing as much competitive as possible. And hopefully we can get that done with the regionals and trying to select the team on the game. And then once that's done, you know, we'll have a chance to look at some other players as well. Well, um, cadre players, just over 30 you mentioned. Uh, but there are other players uh, who are trying to become international players and they're scattered across all the islands and COVID is going on. What what sort of programs and plans are in place to engage the within that are outside of that elite group? Well, for this last camp, we had 24, as I mentioned, but we had six other people who were in training and the coaches were impressed with what we saw and stuff. But we had a chance of who 
as well is to encourage the girls to go and practice with their franchise the local team, try and get as much cricket as possible until competitive cricket is started. So, um, unfortunately, because we can't see them ourselves in this camp, but we still keep in touch with the local coaches because, you know, they, they have to provide feedback to us and, you know, we take that from there. Uh, getting back to the actual play on the field, uh, we know of, of late, uh, before your entry as the coach, the, the women's team has struggled a bit. And when compared to their counterparts, they haven't looked uh, industrious when, when batting. The bowling has been okay. The fielding, uh, not so bad. Um, what do you think has been preventing us from continuing to develop as a as a batting powerhouse in women's cricket? I think confidence, lacking consistency, and sometimes that's simply like my game awareness. So that's why, as, as I said at the start of the program, you know, this camp will be looking for consistency and game awareness. Consistency is in all the farming, but we're going to be focusing a lot on the batting. Because we started that a little bit in the last camp, and you could see improvement. I want to try to improve it for it to be more consistent to our batting group. So that they can back themselves and believe in themselves a lot more than, than what's happening and, you know, work on that aspect of it. So we need them to get up there as much cricket as is possible, which, you know, once you start to play, you can start to work things out from there and improve and look at the areas that are critical. But until that is confirmed, we have to work with what we, we can in camp. Okay. Uh, and Nehemiah, are you, are you still there? Um, yeah, I'm still here. Yes, uh, I'm going to talk with the coaches. In, in insurance and financial, doing giving financial advice, and I know that COVID's been a big problem in Jamaica. Can you just give us a, you know, a picture of what's been happening financially in your sector and otherwise Jamaica uh, due to the, the COVID pandemic? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, can I just jump in quickly? Mr. Perry, sorry after rush, but I have a, yes. a Zoom call to go and make now. In your insurance scheme of things, can you send me an, a personal document for the ambassador wall so you can uh, get me on your policy, please, sir? Because I know you're okay, a very hard working insurance broker. Okay, sir. I will do that immediately, sir. You have to Andrew, but sorry, folks. Thanks for having me on the program and, you know, open the okay. soon. Okay, Ambassador Walsh, thanks for stopping by. Hope that we'll talk to you again. All right. Yes. Yes, Nehemiah, um, you're telling us, giving us a, a picture of, of what's been happening in the, in the financially in, in Jamaica with the with the pandemic in your yeah. sector and otherwise. Uh, obviously, obviously, and, and, you know, good evening to your listeners, um, you know, and thanks for having me. Um, obviously, um, persons, um, are affected um, directly and indirectly. Um, persons have been laid off their jobs. Persons have been taking pay cuts and so forth. And so it has an impact on the growth of the, of, of the country and so forth. And, um, you know, persons are, some persons are struggling, while some persons are actually um, doing well and, and continue to be, to be very, very stable. Um, in this time, insurance is one of the things that always blossom very well because persons are, are unsure what is happening with their health and so on, and maybe even death and so forth. So they ensure that that 
they have their life insurance um, still, uh, because one of the worst things can happen when, if you die without money and, you know, to take care of your families and so forth. But um, Jamaica is, 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 is still not recovered. We're still in a pandemic. We, we, we are like any other who it has been very, very devastating here. But um, I think there's some measures that put in place that actually stabilize the country some, somewhat and so on. So persons are back at work. Persons are, you know, there's some some measures put in place as it relates to we have to get home eight o'clock at night. So the the, the, inter, the entertainment industry has really taken a beating and so forth. So there there's some um, industry that is affected, like the hotel industries and and so on. And you know they they employ a lot of people in the hotel industry because Jamaica have a lot of a lot of hotels and so forth. But some of them are back on back up now and and persons are still coming in. Obviously, they're doing, you know, some protocol um, things like that and so forth. So, but all in all, I, I don't, I, I, I don't think it is devastating. I think it is, it is not bad now. Maybe at the, at the start, it was, it was quite bad, and you know, persons were panicking. But I think persons are beginning to live with it and 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 probably um, start to learn and how it behaves and so forth. So persons are a little bit more comfortable and so forth. But it is, it is not, not good, not bad. Okay. Um, the, the last time you were on the show, we were talking about some administrative uh, issues, but um, I would like to find out from you, what do you think would be the more important things that Cricket West Indies should look forward to in the next 12 months or in the next term? Okay. Um, that's a very, very um, crucial question because I think over the years we we tend to to think short term, you know, we think now and because the team do well, did well, persons start to get carried away. Um, there's a lot of work needs to be done and structures um, has to put in place. Um, Ragunath did very, very, very well when he said the vision by everyone has to be the same. Everybody has to be on, on the same page. Um, I, I find that persons who go up for office sometimes just basically just want to be there. Just want to be um, a board member, a director, and uh, nothing to bring to the table. They have, they bring nothing, no, no new ideas, and so on. They just, just want to be in, um, on the board. Um, persons need to understand that at the end of the day, it's the, it's, the, it's the product, and the product is the cricket. And how can we, as, as, as a body, improve the cricket and ways and means and so on, and what, what, what needs to put in place? And how can we sustain? Um, growth in, in in West Indies cricket. You have to go back to the to the to the schools. You have to go back to clubs and parishes. You have to go back to the grassroots because you can't just think um, a year down the road and and five um, five uh, months down the road and six months down the road. You have to be thinking short term and long term. Five year development plan, a one year development plan, ten year development plan, and so forth. Um, I, I find we don't we, 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 we plan, but we don't we don't execute. And then it boils down to the cricketers themselves. What kind of responsibility um, is, is rest on the on the cricketers themselves? They have to take some some sort of responsibility. You can't leave it to just um, you know administration and administration. And you cost the captain, and you cost the, the coach, and you cost you cost the, the board, and the board now does the board now does. What is it that you are doing to better your game? And I find what when persons come um, back from tours, back from tours, they, they just don't do nothing. They just come and they do 
they go and relax and so on. Is that you're professional. When you come back, you have to put in the work, you have to continue the work. That's how you get your pay. That's how you get salary. That's how you live. That's how you provide for your family. And you have to then come back and put in that, that sort of extra. So when they call on you, you're ready and fit and ready. So how can some of them then as a cricketer put on weight and all these things? Obviously, you're not focused. You're obviously, you have no goals. Obviously, you don't know where you want to go. You, you, have, you have lost your way. And, you know, those are the kind of things that we need to, we need to flesh out and let persons know how serious you are with fitness and, and what are the, the, the objectives um, for West Indies cricket. We are in a bad shape, but I, I don't think that in the Caribbean are on the same page. No more fighting um, internally. Just have to shake hands, let's sit around the table, and let's get the work done and start to perform and get, and get West Indies cricket back on the map. Yeah, well, very interesting comments coming from you. Uh, we're going to go, of course, to England and speak to Sir Clive Lloyd, who um, listens uh, to the show. In fact, he was looking forward to hearing Dave Cameron. Uh, I promoted that Dave was coming, but then I got a, a note from Dave uh, rather late this afternoon to say that he, he, he's unavailable, but he couldn't make it. I, I don't know if, uh, Sir Clive, you, you, you would have scared uh, Dave Cameron, um, I don't think you've got that power, do you, Sir Clive? No, not at all. I am a oh, very placid young man. <laughs> and you were looking forward <laughs> to hearing uh, Dave Cameron? Yes, well, I wanted to hear what questions you were going to ask. <laughs> you, <laughs> I don't know, but I mean, but he did, in, in fact, agree to come on the show, but then a little bit later on, uh, well, just before I came, he said he was unavailable. I don't know if Dr. Ford told him not to come. Of course, um, uh, we will reach out to, to Dave. Well, well Jamaica is well represented as Nehemiah Perry. Have you ever met Mr. Perry before, um, Sir Clive? Oh, yes. I'm, um, I managed him for a while. He's a good guy. He's all right. Are you sure? Are you sure? I, I, I understand he was naughty. <laughs> he was on our cricket committee too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, so, so we've got the combination of, of course, uh, uh, Nehemiah Perry, that wonderful officer there in Jamaica. And, of course, uh, uh, Sir Clive Lloyd. Yeah, I remember him telling, Mr. Perry, telling Brian Lara uh, when they were somewhere in Australia. Yes. And he wanted a particular field. Mm -hmm. Brian wouldn't give him the field, and the ball flew there twice. <laughs> and it's not until he insisted that um, he should have that man at mid-wicket. And I think he got two wickets just after then, so... He was quite yeah. uh, elated about that sort of move. <laughs> yes, yes, very, yes, yes. You know, he's a young man. He thinks about his cricket. He he knows the game. I think he knows the game. Mm -hmm. I was <laughs> quite proud to to be involved with him. Right, right. Do you remember that, Tom? Uh, Neymar Perry speaking to, to Brian Lara? He yeah. said to Larry, I want a mid-wicket yeah. and not a mid-on. Yeah, what happened? Um, there was a gentleman... By the name of Kudieri, who was batting very well. He yes. was probably about 60 yards, but he keep on clipping the ball to mid-wicket in the air. And then Jimmy and I had a discussion at the water cart, mm. and Jimmy was saying, Perry, what do you think about And I said, I believe we need to put a man on the catch right there. Mm -hmm. He said, well, talk to Brian. Brian said, no, 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 no. Go to your feet and bowl. <laughs> so after about, after about three, three attempts, yes. trying to get Brian and convince him that we think we get this guy out right there. Right. He said, no, 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 no. Just keep bowling. 
But here's this bookie board and this man is chipping away to mm-hmm. let me do something mm-hmm. out of the box, think outside the box and think differently. So I then I then I got annoyed and I said, Listen, you have to bowl the ball yourself. I am not bowling anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and Brian said, Well, okay, set your field. Set your field yes. and, and and do what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So I just set my field. Yes. I bring Jimmy right right where I believe the man gonna click the ball. Yes. And the next ball yes. went straight to Jimmy Adams and shot midwich. All right, all right, all right. Man, oh caught Bo Perry. That's definitely so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure the first man that would have congratulated you would have been Lara. <laughs> the first part to come to congratulate was Brian Lara. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful story? <laughs> yeah, I said, get away, get away. Get away, you know, get away, man. Get, away. get over here in Jamaican Paradise. Get over here. Yeah, you don't know cricket. I said, well, you don't know cricket. You don't know cricket, man. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful brilliant. memories there. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, just before we come to Sir Clive, Playing for Jamaica against Brian, what, a, a tremendous battles. I mean, I mean, I mean, you you were pretty good off spin. I I've actually thought you should have played more Test cricket. You're... Yeah, well, I mean, growing up against Brian, I remember when Brian started out as a little youngster from 1986. We we have been very good friends, probably one of my best friends over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we go on the pitches, a battle. Um, he won some of the contests. I won some of the contests. I would say it it, it would have been even contest mm. against Brian Lara. But um fine player, fantastic player, one of the best players in the world I've ever seen played against. Um Watson City, fantastic human being as well. Mm-hmm. So Clive, how, how good was Brian Lara? Oh, I thought yeah, was a great player, no doubt about that. You can't get can make five hundred runs and uh, four staff and four hundred test runs mm-hmm. and not be able to play. Mm-hmm. Um because he's a, a tremendous cricketer, there's no doubt about it. One of the best we've produced. Because I've I've witnessed some of the innings, the one in Barbados. Yeah, uh, yeah the 153. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was manager there, mm-hmm. and um, I think he got 102 in Jamaica. Yes, to, uh, to 213, and he got 100 in Antigua as well. And if the and if the selectors had listened to me and play Chandra Paul, mm-hmm. right, I, I I I I was left. To on my knees. Mm. So I asked him to, and, and I shouldn't have to do it with a guy with the average that he had. And not only that, and he seemed to bat very well with Brian. And we lost by five minutes. We lost the Frank World Trophy. We came from behind. Yes. Um, we, were, we were, you know, we went to Jamaica mm-hmm. with one test down. I think we, lo- we lost in Trinidad. Lost in Trinidad, and, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We played extremely well mm-hmm. to get back there. And, um, I, I thought that once they played, um, I think they played the fellow Joseph in front of um, Chandra Paul. Chandra Paul, yeah, which I thought yeah, was a, yeah. a grave mistake. But mm-hmm. there again, I was just the manager and I couldn't um, influence, them, influence them at all. Mm-hmm. I see, I see, I see. Now, uh, new administration is in place. Of course, Nehemiah, we want to talk a bit about um, Jamaican cricket as well. Uh, you can call us at 441790. You can send us a WhatsApp as well. Um, you uh, 253 So, Clive, we've got, uh, we want to congratulate, of course, um, Ricky Skerritt and Dr. Kishore Shallow. Um, what do you think the priority should be for these two gentlemen in the second term in office? Well, I think we've got to have a plan. 
we have to have a, we have to plan our cricket to find, from the you know from the very bottom, the tertiary stage right up. Mm-hmm. We have to do so. If we don't, well, then we're not going anywhere. How how can you improve if you don't know where where you know if you don't have a stage situation? Um, we have to start at the schools, and then we work our way up. And we have to have the right coaches. We have to have the right facilities, mm-hmm. the, the pitches, and we must we must have officials who are just who are interested in cricket, and not how many guys are going to play from their country. Um, we have to we have to um, we have to use more of our ex-players teaching the young guys the of, of the game of that game of cricket. We have to have a better um, academy. When you leave that academy, you should be like a doctor. You mm-hmm. you're not qualified to, to to perform operations or or whatever. So the, if we if we don't have a plan, then we don't know where we're going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we must have a plan from the mm-hmm. earliest stages right up. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's important that we have an academy that teaches you. Not only cricket, but life. Right. Good, because if you if you're not prepared for the outside world, you're not going to make it. Mm. You know, these guys can now choose which, you know, um, if to play the shorter game or the longer game. We have to find out who are those guys and pick teams accordingly. Because mm-hmm. then they if they if they continue to play in this area. Of 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 not knowing what's happening, we're not we're, we're not going to pick the right teams. The selectors have got to have an, a a chart. They must have, and I I must say they must have a fitness program. Fitness program very important. Oh yes, it's important that our players are because I I don't have to understand when if you're not fit, you're not going to perform the the, the optimum. Really, you are you are going to you're doing 60%. We should have been. We should be in eight or 90%. Because it's all right for the one day. They'll be trenches. You don't have to um, bat for long periods. You don't have to feel for long periods, and you don't have to bowl for long periods. But if you're playing Test cricket or four-day cricket, you got to be fit, mentally and physically. Mm, I agree. Um, Sivadas so, so Saklai, we're going to go to Neymar Perry now. Um, Sivadas, Neymar? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, b- before I ask the question that I asked Saklai, what's happening with cricket in Jamaica? Any cricket being played in these COVID times in Jamaica or no? No, absolutely no cricket is playing now, uh, um, Sabina, uh, anywhere. Um, there's maybe some person doing some, you know, one-to-one training with their coaches and so forth. Mm-hmm. There is no, there is no plan. There is no um, organized, functioned um, JCA cricket playing at, at, at this time. I mean, for the from last year, we haven't played any cricket here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what is the plan. I know that they are in 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 some discussion with the government as it relates to um, how can the, the, the game 